0: The latest Indiana Bible College album, entitled Jesus, will be available April 21st, 2017. For more information on the album and to pre-order, you can visit www.voicevision.com. This week on the IBC Podcast, we have our student speaker, Matt Cottrell. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Georgian, for those kind words. Wow, what an amazing group we have here today. Look at all of you. You've come to a place where we are here to be educated, here to be taught, and sometimes it's hard. Some of us struggle financially. Some of us struggle back home, missing our family, missing our church, some of us are struggling to figure out exactly what our calling is, but here we are today, and here all of us are, searching after God. I want to thank our media team and our sound team back here, too. I don't think they get thanked enough, but they do a wonderful job, and thank you, Student Council, for asking me to speak. I take this opportunity very seriously. Pastor Gallian, Brother Rodenbush, for your leadership, and all the rest of the staff here at IBC. I've got one more thing to put up here, so please forgive me as I set up my stopwatch here. So how many of us here when we were kids or still today have played with Legos? How many loved to play with Legos? I loved to play with Legos when I was younger. Now, you know, if I see a Lego, I'm like, eh. I'm not too worried about it, as long as I don't step on it if somebody drops it on the floor. That is the worst thing ever. But unfortunately, when I was a kid, I didn't really care where my Legos fell. When I built my castles, and I built my villages, and I built my Star Wars ships and my vehicles, those of us who are Star Wars fans say amen. Now we know what we actually love here, Pastor Guy. And we love Star Wars and we love Legos. Okay. But the thing about my Legos being everywhere in the house when I was a kid, I wasn't the one that usually stepped on them. I remember one morning waking up and I'm just going downstairs to get a bowl of cereal. And I'm like maybe seven or eight years old at this point in time. And I hear, Ah! Matthew! So I walk into the kitchen, and my dad is standing here with a Lego, and he's like, I just stepped on this, and I'm throwing it away. (laughs) So he throws away the Lego. And fortunately, it was just a little block, so I had thousands more. So it really didn't teach me a lesson in that moment, because I still had plenty of Legos left. But if you want to turn to your Bibles to Romans chapter 14, verse 13... I'm going to be taking my opening text from there. And those of you who have heard me preach before, I, am, I apologize again. I like to use a lot of scripture. And I'm going to be using quite a few verses today. So Romans chapter 14, verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Now, if we could go ahead and pray, I would like to ask the Lord to anoint me and to anoint all of our hearts that we could receive the word that he has placed on my heart today. Jesus, we ask God that you would anoint this preacher today, that you would let your presence manifest here, and that you would open up our hearts to receive your word. Let us feel conviction where we need to feel conviction, and let us be encouraged where we need encouraged. God, open up our minds and bring forth understanding to us today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So, back in high school, I ran track and cross country, and I absolutely loved it. Brother Potts here actually went to high school with me, and we ran on the same cross country team. Now, when you run cross country and you're going down the course, everyone knows that whenever you're going around a turn, you don't want to take a wide turn because that just adds to the distance of the race. So everyone always tries to crowd the corners. And everyone always tries to get right next to that corner so they can make the distance of the race as short as possible. But there are some teams, if uh, I'll get Brother Potts to testify about this too, that they'll play dirty. And when you're going around the corner, they'll have two of their teammates lined up. And they'll block you off on the turn. It is the most aggravating thing ever. As I'm running through the wood part of the course, I'm just taking my time going around the corner, and next thing you know, these two people in these red uniforms come running in front of me and try to run me off the course. The worst thing about it was, Mark, there was a tree. They ran me into a tree. It was the worst thing ever. I stubbed my toe, it hurt, so I got back at them. As we go around the next bend, and they're both trying to block me off, if you knew me in high school, I hated to be disrespected. And I still do today, but in high school it was far worse. And when they had ran me off and I hit that tree, my anger raised to level 12. So as they were taking the next corner, instead of pushing them off the track, I just ran through them. (laughs) One goes flying this way, one goes flying this way, and I just keep going. Luckily for me, it was in the woods, there was no officials to see what happened. Or I probably would have been disqualified from the race. And that was actually an invitational race. And next thing you know, that was back when Ryan Cooper was running. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm finally gonna beat the best runner on our team. And as I'm sprinting towards the finish line, I hear this guy huffing and puffing, and next thing you know, there's Ryan. And then he's past me. And then I look down, and he crossed the finish line one step before me. So after all of this, after I had been, ran into a tree, after I had stubbed my toe, and after I had gotten my revenge, I still didn't beat the one person I wanted to beat. After I had a stumbling block placed in front of me because of two other people that were trying to race dirty, and after I had gotten back at them by placing a stumbling block in front of them, I still didn't get what I wanted. It was aggravating. To this day, I have never beat that young man in a race. But there was something that happened. Ryan had a very hard time with shin splints. Athletes we know what those are, don't we? Well there's a small problem with Ryan's shin splints. They started to rupture into hairline fractures. He tried to run through it, and he would take month breaks at a time and try to let his legs heal. But eventually, the long distance was not possible for him. And before I could ever beat that young man in a race, he had to stop running cross country. He was still able to play other sports that didn't require as much running, but the amount of distance and the amount of stress that he had to put on his legs made it to where he couldn't actually compete in cross country. So... With his health condition, I never actually got a chance to beat him in a race. Romans chapter 14, verse 15 through 17 says, But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness righteousness. And peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes, when we look in the Bible, there are clear directions of where we're supposed to go. Clear things that we are not supposed to do. Because if we are saved and if we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we'll be compelled by love to do that which Jesus Christ wants us to do. It's not a requirement. It's not an obligation. I love to do That which Jesus Christ told me to do. Sometimes my personality might come into conflict with something that Paul taught in scripture. And sometimes I might get aggravated because it pricks me right in the heart. Sometimes I get stressed because of the workload that I have. And sometimes that stress builds to a place to where I blow up in anger And I offend a brother unintentionally. Or I offend a sister unintentionally. And it gets to the point that it becomes a major conflict. And then one of us ends up so hurt that there's no coming back from it. Romans 9, verse 31 through 32 But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness righteousness, hath not attained the law of righteousness. Wherefore because they sought it not by faith but as it were by the works of the law for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Hmm. When I woke up one morning as a child again I was about seven or eight years old. This is back when I had Legos. I had not a bunk bed, but I had a loft bed, so if I was standing up right now, the bed would be about this high to me now. And my dressers were underneath the bed. So I wake up one morning, and it's just another morning, and I go to jump out of my bed, and wouldn't you know, I landed on a Lego. Never again did I leave my Legos on the floor. Never again would I let myself feel that pain that hit the heel of my foot. It was bleeding. It hurt. I cried a lot. It was awful. So then I understood why that one morning my dad had yelled Matthew and threw away my Lego. Because I saw the hindrance that had been placed on others around me. Because of a lack of focus, a lack of caring, and apathy. Just letting my things lay where they are instead of cleaning up after myself. Instead of fixing what was wrong. In fact, Legos are harmless, are they not? You just build stuff. It's not like it was a sin for me to leave my Lego on the floor. But because I left my Lego on the floor, not only had my dad stepped on my Legos continuously, But when I finally did it myself, and in fact, from jumping off of a high bed, I realized that I was causing problems for other people because of my lack of caring and my lack of focus. Sometimes we don't even realize that we're losing our focus. Brother Zach Ross, how many times do we forget about stuff in Greek? (laughs) It's awful. In fact... I forgot we had a quiz yesterday. After I had asked when the quiz was the day before. Luckily we have three retakes. Redemption in Christ Jesus. Thank you, thank you. So sometimes our lack of focus can lead us to hindering others, and sometimes our lack of focus can lead to hindering ourselves. Sometimes, we think we know a lot. And some of us do. There are some very intelligent young men and women in this room. And it intimidates me sometimes to see their passion and their zeal for knowledge. But with that knowledge comes a little bit of danger. When we have more knowledge than other people around us, we have to be careful because that knowledge can make us high-minded. When we have that amount of knowledge, sometimes when somebody says something wrong, we always feel compelled to tell them, hey, you said it wrong. Your information was incorrect. And then we cause a conflict. Oh, some of us hate conflict. I don't hate conflict, but everyone here probably knows that when conflict comes my way, I sometimes address it head on, and that can be bad sometimes, but I don't run from conflict. And there's some of us here that love to debate. I like to debate. Who likes to debate? Yes? Uh, Raise your hands higher. You're confident when you debate. Let's be confident in the chapel here today. Debating's not bad when it's a healthy debate. When neither party becomes so emotionally invested that one of the two parties gets offended. But those of us that don't like conflict and don't like to debate, they, it's, it's hard when somebody comes up and they try to throw all this information at you to tell you you're wrong because it feels like a frontal attack and it feels like they're attacking your character and it feels like they're attacking how smart you are. When that's not their intention to begin with. So we turn around and we run from that conflict because we were barraged with all this uh, barrage with all this information and we felt like our very being was being offended. Intention isn't always the key sometimes. Sometimes we have to look past our own knowledge even though we know we're right, even though we know somebody said something wrong. Because if we're not careful, we'll have that high-mindedness. And we will offend a brother or sister. And they might stumble and fall. And thank God that we have a chance to stand back up. And thank God he has a redemption plan for us. But not everybody gets back up. Not everybody stands back up after they've fallen. Romans 10, verses 3 through 4 For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So when we get to this place where we have all of this knowledge and we're abiding by the rules that Christ gave us and that Paul taught us and that all of the apostles taught in the New Testament and by all the principles that the Old Testament gives us, Somewhere, what if we lose focus on what is actually at stake? What if our faith begins to take a sideline? And we believe what the scripture is saying, but it's not in our heart. Sometimes, we don't even notice that it's gone. It's happened to me plenty of times. And I pray that it never happens again, but I know I'm human. And if I don't stay consistent in my prayer life, and in my Bible reading, and in my fasting... It's going to be hard to notice when my faith is gone. It's going to be hard to notice when I offend someone. Because if I'm not spiritually ready, how am I going to know things of the Spirit? How is God going to reveal things to me and say, look, help that person. Don't hurt them. They might not be ready for a debate. They might not be ready to take on something that you have in your mind, all this knowledge. But on the other spectrum, when somebody comes up to us and they actually do know more than us and they tell us, look, this is actually how it is. What you said is wrong. We can't let ourselves be so easily offended either. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And of course, Sister Kara, what's the next part? Anytime I quote that, she has to make sure that the next part is, is quoted. What's the next part, Kara? Mm-hmm. How are we going to know who our friends and our enemies are? How are we going to know, Brother Bush? It's going to be when we realize if they are in alignment with this word, and they come to us and they tell us we're wrong, we can see the intent and we can see the alignment of their heart based off of the way they are living and how they are treating the Word of God. Based off of everything that they do in their everyday lives, we will know whether or not they are a friend or an enemy. We can look at the life of Paul for a moment. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 40. Here, after... Paul and Barnabas have gone on a a journey, and Paul says to Barnabas that he wants to go back to the cities where they had planted churches and where they had started churches and where they had preached the gospel. So verse 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought, good Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to work. And the contention was sh- so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. The contention was so sharp that they just parted ways. Man, I can't even imagine that. Two apostles. And they are so mad at each other that they can't even stand to minister together. We could talk about the whole context of the passage, but I'm sure we all have taken New Testament survey. Or if we haven't, then good luck. But Paul was angry because for some reason, John didn't go with them on a certain journey and on a certain ministry. That's a little bit of the context. And when John Mark was chosen by Barnabas to go on this next journey with them, Paul was angry because John Mark didn't go on the journey before. So years pass. The apostles continue to minister. And when Paul is writing one of his last epistles to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, Paul writes, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable for me for the ministry. How long did it take Paul to realize that one journey wasn't enough to cost a relationship with one of his brethren in Christ. And when he is near his death and he knows in the spirit that his last days are coming, he calls upon Luke and tells him to bring John Mark because he is profitable to the ministry. Wow. When our brothers and our sisters offend us, It can cause that contention that make us split and make us part ways and we don't even want to minister together. We don't even want to work together for the kingdom of God. And even the apostles struggled with it. But it is so important that we actually do work together. It is so important that we don't step on each other's toes. It's so important that we don't seek revenge after Somebody else has made us stumble and fall. Yeah, they messed up. Yeah, they made us fall. There were many times growing up that my sister made me so mad. Oh, mad beyond belief. But I love my sister to death. Now we're like best friends. And I love her more than I can say. And she's got a beautiful little niece, Amelia. Well, my niece, Amelia, her beautiful daughter. Sorry. And she's got a wonderful husband, Jerome. Jerome is just a big teddy bear. But he's big, and he's intimidating. And I would never fight him, because I would die. But the three things I talked about today, I didn't actually give you, like, maybe clear direction on the three things I talked about. But I want to bring them to a little, uh, I'm going to bring them to the front. The first thing was that we don't be a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters. Many people have backslidden because of things that we have done. And even though we might still be in the church, and even though we might have repented, their soul is lost. And even though we might have forgiven them, And we've told them, hey, it was okay, I'm fine, you're forgiven. We might have already done damage that can't be repaired. The second thing was self-righteousness and a high mind. Knowing more than the other person doesn't mean that you have every right to tell them they're wrong. Sometimes we can do a little bit of harmless teasing because we feel like we know the person well enough that our teasing isn't going to hurt them. But then we say something and the entire atmosphere changes. Ephesians 4.29, Let no corruption proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The third thing is that we instead... Of hindering one another, we work on edifying the body of Christ. I wasn't trying to preach to tell us that we're doing something wrong today, because right here is a body that I see, that is going to minister to people that are lost. I have faith in every single one of you, and I know that the staff, Pastor Gallion and Brother Rodenbush here, they have faith in all of you. But we have to make sure that we stay focused. If the musicians could make their way, I'm going to start coming to a close. When we get to a place where our own mistakes begin to make ourselves stumble and fall on those around us, we have to make a choice every single time. It's not one choice, it's not one time. It's a daily decision. Paul said, "I died daily." and let's keep that in context. Obviously that doesn't mean he literally died daily, but he put his flesh under submission to the Spirit of God. And when he asked and when we ask ourselves, "What do I do today, Lord? How can I make it?" without causing somebody else to stumble and fall? How can I make it today without messing up myself and having a moment where I trip? It might be unintentional, but sinning in ignorance is still sin. And we have to pray that God will bring that sin to our knowledge. If you all want to stand... I know that some of our personalities might clash and I know that somebody might have done something to one of you in the student body but let's have a heart of forgiveness today let's have a heart of unity I know I didn't shout and I know I didn't jump around but my heart is burdened for all of you and I know that everyone here has a heart for the kingdom and our intentions are in the right place. Let's make sure that our footsteps are in the right direction and that we don't accidentally trip someone next to us. That we don't accidentally trip ourselves because I want to edify the body of Christ. These altars are open today if you want to come pray. And if you want to go pray for someone that you might have contention with, please, please. Be sure and pick up the latest Indiana Bible College recording entitled Jesus at www.voicevision.com.